Well, welcome in to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We're so glad you're joining us for the show today. You'll never guess who's with me, Shane Bishop. And I'm Mike Wooten, truly glad to have you here. Today on this episode, we're going to talk about game-changing choices you can make right now. Not tomorrow, you can make them today. This is based off one of Shane's blogs that you can find at RevShaneBishop.com. 10 game-changing choices you can make right now post-Easter. So you can always check that out as well. But first, I need to talk to the one and only Shane Bishop. Shane, how are you doing today? Really well, Mike. Glad to be here with you. Honored to be in your presence. Oh, thank you. Feel like it brings out the best in me, Mike, just being around you. What what exactly is it about me? Let's get into more detail. I can't just let that slide. Yeah, right. What what is that you think, oh, I'm glad to be around Mike? I would just say I would just say monster charisma. (laughs) You know, I I think that's really kind of sums it up, Mike. Just monster charisma. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like like you're the like if there were a solar system of charisma, yeah. man, you'd be Jupiter. Okay, yeah, okay. right, yeah, Very it's got to be it. I thought you were gonna say Pluto. <laughs> well, you know, there's always that too. <laughs> Very good. All right, so we got some game changing choices today. Like I said, Shane, this is based off of one of your blogs. Shane, what do you have to say just about these game changes choices that we start out? Well, you know, I, I think we talked about, you know, that you can make post-Easter, but the fact is you can make these choices anytime in your life. And there are things that are, are life-altering kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's an old saying that the best time to plant an oak tree is 20 years ago, and the second best time is today. So uh, these might be some things that you think, wow, I wish I would have done 20 years ago, and right. maybe you should have. Right. But the second best time to get these things started is today. Hopefully, these will be some practical things our seven listeners can uh, instantly plug into their lives. Do we have a sponsor yet? Uh, no sponsors that I know of. Is there of. A, like a line? Is that what we're doing? We're screening I, sponsors? I, we're just saying, hey, we're pretty particular? I, I think I figured it out. You know, recently, I have had some important emails go to my spam. That's the truth. <laughs> okay. Now, whether or not – I cannot say it's truthful – uh, that right, we've right. had those go, like sponsors go to my spam, but it's possible. Right, and I haven't checked my spam file. Oh my God, be loaded you have with sponsors. Yeah. Well, now, now we're getting potential down to sponsors. It. Potential sponsors, yeah. yes. If they meet. meeting our strict criteria. Yes. Right. 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 All right, Shane. So you've talked about these practical choices. It's really, you know, uh, we may have needed to make these yesterday, but we can still make these choices today. So first of all, you said for a game-changing choice choose to be happy. What do you mean, Shane? I think happiness is a choice. And I think it's something we have to decide. Everybody's got bad stuff going on in their life. Everybody's got drama in their life. Everybody has roughly the same amount, except the people that self-inflict a lot of extra stuff. So I don't think happiness is a natural disposition. I don't think it's I don't think happy people necessarily have more favorable circumstances than unhappy people. So I just think that it's it's a choice we make, and it has no downside. You know, recently, Shane, I saw an article. I can't say this is real research or not. Right, right. But okay. you saw it. But I definitely saw it. Yeah, I might it have read on the it. internet. Must have been true. <laughs> yeah, but they said that actually, happy. There's more happy people outside of the United States than inside of the United States. But it was to your point is that. 
uh, it doesn't really matter what circumstance you find yourself in. There's a way to, you know, be happy. And people who have in other countries who have less uh, actually are kind of noted to being more happy. Yeah, I, I think I just remember back from my days as a as a youth director. You know, if if we tried to entertain the kids, they always complained because we we can't be as entertaining as the world is. We don't have that oh kind of gosh. money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. But if we had them doing something that was purposeful, yeah. uh, they, they had great yeah. experiences. And so a lot of times I think we are such navel gazers. Yeah. We're, we're so self-consumed. And the more you think about happiness, if you're just focused on yourself, the, the more you're going to determine that you're unhappy. You know what else I'm convinced of is that more options make people unhappy. Oh, I think you're right. Shane, my children who have all the, my wife is incredible with my kids, like incredible. She gives them a lot of choices. And as they get more choices, I see them just become uh, there's many times I see them become unhappy. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I think you should either get this choice, maybe no other choices, right, or right. maybe one more. But I found the more choices that you give them sometimes, they just start to fall apart. It's overwhelming. And it's almost like people get into this at children. And I think people do too. It's like, then what's the perfect choice? Right. We get back to kind of what you're saying, navel gazing. Like, it's all about me. What's the perfect choice? And uh, I just think sometimes too many options make people unhappy. Well, you know, since I was talking about my youth director days, this is yeah. this is mildly amusing. Okay. But I had a Sunday school class, right? Yeah. And uh, I always tried to get them to invite their friends. And if we had 30 people in Sunday school, uh, the next Sunday, I would bring donuts and sodas. That was the deal. If you, huh. So if you hit 30 yeah. the next Sunday, and so we would always hit 30, and then you'd hit like 35 the next week. So it was really kind of kind of brilliant as as I'm prone to being. Melissa helped you. With <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, right. And so uh, the first time we did it, I brought these donuts in, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought some, like, a variety of donuts and several different kinds of soft drinks. They complained the whole time. <laughs> do we not have this? They ate all that. I don't like this donut. Or, or you know, uh, do you not have diet? Uh, and they complained yeah. the whole time. And guess what we did the second time we did it? <laughs> I, I bet you I can figure it out, but go ahead. All glazed donuts yeah. and Coca-Colas. And guess what I told them? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Either eat them, drink them, or not, but yeah. shut up. And you know what? Never had another complaint, Mike. Shane, in all seriousness, you are incredibly patient with several things. I've seen in your, you know, through being around, you are really patient. But there are a few things. That I'm you, not you're gifted not, with yes, patience. There's a few scenarios that That's I can correct. see play out pretty quickly that you're not going to have much room uh, to correct. allow people to get upset. Yeah, That's correct. So that. a part of it is is just that choice yeah. that we make, you know. You can look at the, the donuts and you can sit, sit there and think, Wow, I, I just wanted a Boston cream donut and there aren't any. And you're going to be unhappy. Or you know what? You can look. There's six donuts. Get the one that looks the best to you. Eat it and have a ball. So choose to be happy. All right. Game-changing choice. Choose to be happy. Here's another one you got for us, Shane. Choose not to be offended. Shane, is that easy to do? Of course not. <laughs> Of course not, particularly not in a navel-gazing culture where we wake up every single day and we think, you know, about us and how we feel and what our feelings are and what our emotions are. And then, of course, we, we think about who's offending us. And so I'm just going to suggest that happy people make folks work really hard to offend them. Happy people tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah. They're not out looking to mm-hmm. be offended every day. My dad uh, posts jokes on, on social media. And at times, those jokes are, are things that could possibly offend someone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really care, which is part of what I like about him. But the fact is that, you know, he always says, he said, you know, the people that follow him on social media, and, and who else's dad, like, has 4,000 Facebook followers, but... You know, he said the people that follow him are going to have to have a good sense of humor. He goes, people that are yes. uptight and yeah. are get offended, yeah. he goes, they're not my audience. Right. They're just not my audience. And so i just right. going to say, you can choose not to be offended. You yeah. can choose to give people the benefit of the doubt. You can choose not to be so stinking uptight all the time. Right. And like you said, sometimes you just, I think help, uh, sometimes you just got to laugh. Yeah. You know, when people offend you. So uh, recently there's a video of me going around. Yes, where, there is. Uh I was praying yes. on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and while I was praying, my eyes were shut. This was during a uh, during the live worship service. Yes, actually. it was. And uh, whenever that was happening, I was by an open door, mm-hmm. and I think as the music increased in the sanctuary, it jarred the door door open, and the door came and it hit me in the face. It did. Yes, mm-hmm. and that video now has been viewed like. 270,000 times. I like it a online, lot. And I'm not... So it's your first kind of viral-ish video, right? Yeah, that's how you want to enter the uh, scene, right? Yeah, right. By uh, Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. It's what everybody dreams of, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kind of a blooper. It's a blooper video is it's, what it is. It's a blooper video. People have got some good laughs at it. But I had look at some, I started looking at some comments on yeah. social media about mm-hmm. it. Ooh, people are giving it to me. Okay. Too. Oh, What are they giving it to you about? That you posted it? No, no, no. no. They're giving it. it to me uh, about all the negative things you could think about a pastor. Uh-huh. Okay, um, from uh, bad doctrine, teaching. You know, he, this is a sign. Basically, let me sum it up like this: a sign from God that this guy is not following God. Oh, I like but it. All different angles oh, from course. it. So, uh, I just it makes me. I could be offended by that. Yeah, and there are some personal uh, as personal as I can say, but just, uh, but I'm just kind of laughing at. It. In fact, some of the comments I'm liking, uh-huh. just because right. it entertains me slightly. Yeah. But in that situation, I'm trying not to be offended. And uh, if it gets out there, like it's out there right now, then it is what it is. And so you kind of just got to. I take it with a grain of salt and have a little laugh about well, it. Well, but the other thought is, Mike, it's out there because you put it out there. Yeah. So if you put it out there, you kind of ask for that. So right. people put themselves out there shouldn't complain when the inevitable happens right. when they put themselves out there. A few years ago, I wrote a blog called uh, 12 Things I See Happy People Do. Oh, my gosh. Every unhappy person in the world had terrible things to say about me. And you know what I had to say? I, I put the blog out there. If I just written it in my office... And, and not done anything right. to it, read it to my dogs, right. nobody would have commented at all. Yes. But part of having influence is being willing to put yourself out there. And when you do that, you're going to get some pushback. It comes with it. But you've got to choose not to be offended. I think one of the things that just drives me nuts is when people put, you know, they, they behave or make choices that are inevitably going to get them some pushback, and then they seem shocked yeah. that it happened. Shane, you've said more about that type of leadership, the consequences of leadership or the uh, implications for leadership on your blog and even past episodes if people want to dig into that. But yeah, you've told us several times that whenever you put yourself out there, this is get just it. comes with leadership. It, it comes with it. And so you have to choose not to be offended. And mm-hmm. part of what you need to realize is you're the one who put yourself out there. 
I mean, it's not a big mystery that there's whack jobs out there, right? right? Absolutely. Yeah. So and, and those of you that are going to write in and complain that I said whack jobs, a uh, whack has an H. Go right ahead. All I didn't right. want them to misspell it. Because I see people like trolls. Yeah. They're trolling, and then they can't even spell words properly. So not only are they trolls, they're clearly illiterate. <laughs> and I'm not talking about using bad grammar. I'm just talking about... Uh, just, just various things. That being said, I don't think whacked has an H, but it might. Yeah, so if maybe were, the English version has an H. So if you were offended, a good choice today would choose not to be offended. That would be a game-changing choice. Yeah, and for Mike you. doesn't care either way because he put himself out there because a door slammed on him. It would have been funnier had it knocked you unconscious. A uh, bloody nose, and maybe it wouldn't have got out there so easily. But you know what? I knew it was going to get out there no matter what. So might as well get ahead. Of I it. like it. All right, number three. For a game-changing choice, choose to control impulses. Shane, you're just given more and more things that don't seem that easy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, there was a line in Anne of Green Gables. And uh, the her, her uncle, I believe it was, she, she talked all the time. And, and he said, he said, boy, you sure talk a lot. I think his name is Matthew. And she said, yeah, but you have no idea all the things I want to say that I don't. <laughs> and I think controlling impulses is really, really important. We have this idea today that, that authenticity means that you feel something and you articulate that's being authentic. At times, that's just being a jerk. At times, that's just being a crybaby. Uh there are all kinds of things that we think that don't need to be said. Mm -hmm. And so often the things we don't say, we don't post, we don't tweet, those are our best decisions of the day. And one of the things I look at is, you know, back when, you, back when I had kids at home, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was a firm believer you should never uh, discipline your kids when you're angry. Mm -hmm. But the only time I ever wanted to discipline my kids was when I'm angry. Nobody wants to discipline their kids when you're in a good mood, right? When, I mean, when your kids are behaving, you're in a great mood. Nobody wants to discipline their kids then. The only time you want to discipline your kids is when you're angry. And so one of the things I just, you know, Melissa say, you don't really discipline the kids. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to do that when I'm angry. But part of it is just controlling our impulses, you know, just, just saying, hey, I'm, I'm probably not in a good state to make a public statement yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm frustrated with the kids. I, I'm, I'm probably not in the best place to discipline. So mm -hmm. I can say to the kids, you know what? You guys are in trouble. Dad needs to set for a few minutes. We'll come back and talk about this later. Almost always goes better then. So just controlling your impulses. Shane, I believe if a person wants to appear wise... They sometimes just shouldn't talk. Oh, absolutely. Shouldn't post, shouldn't talk. There are so many thoughts I had when I was in my late teens and 20s. Oh, my gosh. That I wanted to say opinions of people. Yeah. One was actually this whole thing about parenting children. There were some parents I knew that I thought should be more involved with the church when I was early right. in ministry. Mm -hmm. I was like, why aren't they more involved with church? They had right. young children. And I thought, I didn't say a word out loud, mm -hmm. but I was so frustrated sometimes where they weren't giving a lot of time. Right. I said, what is going on? Never said a word about it. Well, guess what? I had kids and now I get it. I'm glad I didn't say anything back then because I would have showed how naive I was, how immature oh, I was, and how I just lacked life experience. Was I really wise? Heck no, I wasn't wise, except that I sh I kept my mouth shut. That was great. And there's an old adage. It's it's contributed to 
You know, every old adage either comes from Shakespeare, the Bible, Benjamin Franklin, or, or Abraham Lincoln. But it basically says it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. And, and I, I've always kind of liked that. I, I can honestly tell you, Mike, there's been very few occasions where I kicked myself for what I didn't say. But there's been a lot of occasions where I kicked myself for what I did say. All right. So that was number three for a game-changing choice. Choose to control impulses. Yeah, just let it go. Just let it go. As I like to say, every now and then there'd be a, a, a big hunk of stupid just floating down the river. And you don't need to scream at it, yell at it, curse at it. Just let it go. It'll drift out of sight soon enough. All right, Shane. So there's a lot of choices we can make every day. And moving to number four, one of your words of wisdom here, choose not to do dumb crap. Can you say that sounds, is that Southern Illinois? Where'd you get that? I don't know. I got it a few years ago because I was thinking about what, I was trying to think about how that there's two ways to sort of approach biblical thinking. Uh, and Jewish thinking in, in the biblical sense. One is you take Ten Commandments and you make them into 100,000. And the other is you, you take Ten Commandments and you try to sum them all up into one. And so I was trying to think, if I kind of summed up uh, what we need to do in life, you know, be a, a reductionist, mm -hmm. I, I, I thought, I think what we really need to do is love God, love people, and, and not do dumb crap. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's kind of where that came from. Obviously... I wrote a book called that, uh, but for me, it just comes down to a really simple question that we should ask ourselves all the time. Could anything good possibly yeah. come from what I'm about to do? You got to ask that before you do it. You do. You got to, I think a person has to give themselves space to think as well. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think sometimes people go in uh, and they just don't think. Maybe it's, they're in a rhythm. I think sometimes people are just in a rhythm, Shane. I do too. You have to keep making choices. Rapid fire rhythm. Rapid fire. And sometimes it's just to survive, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, but there are some choices we make that have severe consequences. And I think uh, choice of dumb there's some small dumb decisions we can make every day but after time it's going to be a big consequence so yeah create some space not to think things through so you don't do dumb crap well absolutely and I think creating space between impulse and action is the key we all have these impulses hmm. uh, but you've got to, to, to create space before you act on the impulse wise people and foolish people probably have many of the same impulses Wise people create space, they think it through, they choose not to act on unhealthy impulses. Mm -hmm. Foolish people don't, don't think at all. They just mm -hmm. feel and they act. If yeah. you really want to get in bad trouble in life, feel and act. It's like all those people that say, just follow your heart. That is the worst oh advice I have ever heard in my entire life. So creating space is really important. Uh, and if you ask yourself, you know, could anything good possibly come from what I'm about to do? If the answer is no, or even probably not, just don't do it. Yeah. And I just wonder if there's anyone out there, Shane, if they would just like every day, if there's one choice that really keeps shipwrecking them, right. if they would just start saying, I'm not going to choose that anymore. I just wonder after a few weeks, a couple months, what type of game-changing effect this would have on their lives. Well, and, and part of what we got to ask people, Mike, is just sort of, how's that all working for you? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's something as I get older, yeah. I ask people that more often. Yeah. You know, just, just how, how's that working for you? You know, because I'll hear people say, you know, I don't listen to anybody. Nobody can tell me what to do. 
I don't say, well, how's that working for you? You know, you're 55 years old. You've never held a job more than three minutes. Yeah. How's that all working for you? Uh, those are fair questions to ask. And I think as we get older, we flip over the back of our baseball card yeah. and we look at the statistics. And if they're not very good, I would suggest you might want to consider uh, changing a few things. All right. Number five. And finally today. Choose to forgive, a game-changing choice. What type of change will this create in a person's life, Shane? Well, forgiving does not let people who hurt us off the hook. It frees us from lives of bitterness and hate. When I forgive people, I get them out of my head. Mm. Uh, I, I break their control over me when I forgive people. Uh, it, it's sort of evicting someone from your head that's hurt you. Mm. So if you kind of think of uh, forgiveness as strategic eviction, it's a different way to think about it. But somebody's hurt you, so you dwell on it, you think about it. There's a decent chance they don't ever think about it at all. Uh, But if you you just say, okay, I I forgive it doesn't mean you need to barbecue with them. Doesn't mean that you need to invite them into your life. It just means you don't get to take space up in my head simply because you did me wrong in some significant way. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, I think, is a different way of looking at forgiveness. We don't forgive to let people off the hook. We forgive to free ourselves for functional lives. I think there's so much you and I could say about that, Shane. Um, One thing I question whenever someone has a hard time forgiving others is uh, have have they let that person into their life too much? Like I think there's sometimes an unforgiveness that occurs when there's some type of relationship that maybe has gotten unhealthy. Yeah, right. And when it's really a stronghold, when it's not just something they can get over, Mm -hmm. sometimes I say people have to reframe those relationships because perhaps uh, they're tripping over each other. There's something that keeps triggering this unforgiveness in their heart. So I always say, again, sometimes there has to be a reframe, a little distance, a reframing of the relationship. I also think about with this forgiveness thing is that there's a couple types. There's a forgiveness that if there's a deep forgiveness issue, somebody may have to really walk through that. Um, If it's an everyday uh, forgiveness issue, that's uh, something that it becomes a little bit easier. But choosing to forgive, game-changing choice for sure. Absolutely. And the the problem with harboring unforgiveness is if you give unforgiveness quarter in your emotional space, uh, it'll it'll take over. Oh yeah, it will take over, and you've got to make sure that it doesn't because there's nothing in it for you. Right, a person if they hold on to unforgiveness, um, it, I feel like they will everything. Most of the choices they make will be based off of that unforgiveness. It's kind of like a child who's got some issues with their parents. They yeah. just start making choices really to kind of get back to their parents. Right. It's not that they're forming an identity or enjoying their life. They created a path just to prove mom or dad that you know they were wrong and 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 one, and then they were right as well. Well, and, and there's also this idea that if we if we always perceive and if we, if our number one way that we view the world is by looking at everybody that we perceive has done us wrong in some way. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's perpetual victimhood. So now I can excuse myself from my own actions because other people have hurt me. Yes. Uh, That's not going to get you 
anywhere in life. So what I'm going to say is, I know people have had really bad stuff happen to them. I completely get that. Everybody's had some bad things. Some people have had horribly bad things happen. I'm just going to say, somebody's hurt you once. Don't let them hurt you for the rest of your life. And if you don't forgive them, they will. They'll never leave your head. They'll never leave your emotional space. Forgiveness evicts people from our heads. So choose to forgive. That will be a game-changing choice for you today. All right, as we begin to land the plane, Shane, any other final words on game-changing choices that people can make? Yeah, none of this is easy. None of it is easy. It's, it's hard work. And I think all of this, all of these are tensions to be managed rather than problems to be solved. I think they're things that we have to deal with every single day. Uh, I can't say, well, I have complete mastery over my impulses mm. because something will hack me off tomorrow and I'm going to have to fight that battle all over again. I think it's just being situationally aware it's living a life where we perceive that we that our life is determined by choices we make, mm. not by external factors impacting us. Take control of your own life. Be the hero in your own story. And then I think you've got a real shot at a very, very purposeful, functional life. There are five game-changing choices for you that you can put into practice today. Okay, that was part one of a two-part episode. Next time, we'll be talking about five more game-changing choices for your lives. Thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. If you want to hear more from Shane, make sure you visit RevShaneBishop.com or if you'd like to hear more from me, visit RevMikeWu.com. Thank you for joining us and make sure that you keep the change. Change.